Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm excited today as we journey into Hebrews chapter 3 just a little bit further. In fact, we'll probably wrap up the chapter, and I'm moving a little quicker than normal just because I'm trying to make up some time here. We got bogged down early on, and so I just want to share with you a thought here from the closing part of the chapter that I pray will be a blessing to you. Well, I hope you're having a great day today. hope you're living on the winning side. I hope you've spent some time in prayer today, and I hope you've already spent some time reading your Bible. That's right, reading your Bible as well. I, I don't know about your church. I know our church, we have a Bible reading calendar, and there's different paces, different amounts of Scripture per day that you can read, and you can read through your Bible in a year, read it through twice a year, read it through in a month even. And uh, I, I would suggest to you, to do that. Now, personally, I don't follow the church's Bible reading calendar. I have my own Bible reading schedule that I, I like to use. I've used it forever. And if you have one, that's fine. But if you don't have a plan of attack when it comes to getting the Word of God into your life, then I want to ask you, find one, find a Bible reading app, a calendar, something that you can use, and be faithful in it. I was having a conversation not long ago with somebody, and, and uh, we were talking about this. And, you know, what we need to do is we need to get back to falling in love with our Bible. I think it would take care of a lot of the mess, a lot of the problems, a lot of the uh, spiritual schizophrenia, if you will, that we see from Christians today. I think we have a day of Bible ignorance or Bible ignorance, if you want to even say it like that, ignoring it altogether. But definitely Bible ignorance. Folks are not reading the Scripture. And because of that, their walk with God is weak, and their prayer life wanes, and their zeal uh, is very waffly at best. And I tell you, we need to walk in the Word of God. Here's what I do. I get up every morning. The first thing I do before anything else is I read my Bible. I start off in the Bible. Now, some mornings, I'll be honest with you, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a human being just like you. Some mornings it's very sweet, and it's like I'm on top of the mountain, and the revival fire is falling down, and it's awesome. And some mornings I'll read through it and think, I don't know, I don't remember a thing I just read. And uh, I've got to focus. you got to, you got to crucify the flesh. Somebody asked Dr. Malone, how long should I read the Bible for? When I read the Bible, how long should I read it? And he said, you ought to read it until you get heartburn. And he meant by that until the fire begins to burn on the inside. That's what the psalmist while I was musing, the fire burned. And that's the way we got to be with our Bible. Well, I want to show you some things here in chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews. And remember, I told you the theme is Jesus is better. The Bible shows us that throughout this book. The first chapter proved Jesus is better than the angels. He is the Almighty God. He created those angels. He's better than them. He showed us He's better than creation. He's the Creator. He was there in the beginning. He is the one who spoke, and the Word of God just spoke, and the Word of God made the land appear, the earth to form. He was there. He's the Creator. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? The same as in the beginning with God. All things that were made were made by Him, it tells us there in the book of John. So we can study it out and find Jesus is greater than creation. 
He's better than Moses, chapter 3 showed us. He said uh, Moses uh, is like the house. Jesus is like the builder of the house. And he who built the house gets more praise, ought to get more praise, and is more worthy of honor and glory than the house itself. And Jesus is above and better than Moses. Moses received the law, but Jesus is the fulfillment of that law. You read down through chapter number 3, and the Bible gives us a bit of a history lesson. The Hebrew writer is taking his Jewish audience back in Jewish history. He's reminding them of those in the wilderness and who hardened their heart against the Lord. They got a little bit jaded, got their eyes off the prize. They began to lose focus, began to wonder if they'd ever get through the wilderness. And because of that, their hardened hearts caused them to fall into unbelief. Because of their unbelief, the Bible says that they died in the wilderness. The Bible says, here we'll read it together in verse number 15. It says, While it is said, today, if you will hear this, his voice, harden not your hearts, is in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with some was he grieved forty years. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed, sorry, excuse me, believed not. So there's this crowd traveling through the wilderness that didn't believe in God. They sinned, they'd backslidden at best, they forsook the Lord. And because of their unbelief, the Bible said they died in the wilderness. What a horrible testimony that would be to have been set free by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed out of Egyptian bondage, seen the Red Sea part like a scroll and walked through the center of it on dry ground, have drunk, having drunk water from the smitten rock in Horeb, eaten manna that fell from the sky, seen God hold back the enemy, saw Moses descend from the mount with the Ten Commandments, heard the voice of God, saw the rumbling and the quaking and the lightning, and yet fell into unbelief. And because they fell into unbelief, they never got to cross over Jordan into Canaan land. Canaan land was just in sight, but they'd never experience it. Canaan land was just on the other side, but they'd never enjoy it. The inheritance, the promise of God was there for the taking, but they'd never get to lay hold on it. Why? Because of their unbelief. The last verse of the chapter says, so we see that they could not enter in. They could not get into Canaan. Boy, that land of milk and honey, that land with uh, houses you didn't build, uh, vineyards you didn't plant. I mean, grapes as big as beach balls. I mean, a place of blessing, a place prepared, a place that's provided, a place that's been promised, a place that is yours to inherit from the hand of God. He carved out a spot for his people. They couldn't enter in. Why couldn't they enter in? Here it says, because of, what's it say? Unbelief. They missed out on the blessing because of unbelief. They missed out on the promise because of unbelief. They missed out on the satisfaction because of unbelief. They missed out on the inheritance because of unbelief. They didn't get the milk because of unbelief. They did not get the honey because of unbelief. They didn't get those grapes of Eskel because of unbelief. They didn't get to enjoy the land because of their unbelief. They died in the wilderness. And for the rest of their memory, the legacy of that crowd, when their family spoke of it, when others spoke of it, they would say, he was part or she was part of that crowd that died in the wilderness because they did not believe 
God. Now, I wonder how much we miss out on in life because we have a heart of unbelief. You say, well, I believe God. Yes, that's fine. You say, I'm saved. Yes, I'm glad for that. But yet, though we have faith in Christ, we don't always live by faith. And because we say, you know what? I just don't believe it can happen. I just don't think it'll be done. I just can't see it working out like that. How much do you think we miss out on? I wonder how much we miss out on because we really don't believe God can send revival. I close every one of these broadcasts with the, with the admonition, the, the, the charge, pray for revival. But I wonder how many people that listen to me don't even believe we can have it. And the reason why you don't have it is because you don't believe you can. You don't get to enter in because of unbelief. I wonder how many folks have lost loved ones who are not saved, but they really don't believe they can get saved anyhow. They believe that person's so hard, and that person's so far gone, that person's so uh, just objectively against the gospel, so they just give up and they never witness. They don't believe God. Can I say, you'll not see him saved. You'll not get to enter in because of unbelief. No, we've got to believe God. I wonder how many folks don't pray because they don't believe God will hear and answer their prayer. They're saved even, and yet they, for some reason, they can't believe God would listen to their prayer. And so they don't ever pray. And that's why they never get an answer to prayer. And that just compounds their unbelief in prayer. They never get to enter in. They don't get the blessing. They don't get the joy. They don't get the victory. They don't see the power that comes from prayer. Why? Because of unbelief. And I want to challenge you who are listening to me today, please. You say, well, I'm a Christian. Yes, but it can happen to us. Don't fall into practical atheism. I mean, you have faith in God, but you live like he doesn't exist. Can I say the God that parted the Red Sea is on the throne? And the God that shut the mouths of lions is upon the throne. And the God who sent down power on Pentecost is upon the throne. And the God of Wesley and Whitfield and Moody and Spurgeon and Shubal Stearns and whoever else you want to name is still on the throne. The God who can move mountains, the God who says, Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, is still in all power today. He's still Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He can't be impeached and he's not going to leave office. He's there on the throne. And may you and I avoid this hard attitude of unbelief. So we see, it says, that they could not enter in. Why? Because of unbelief. Well, until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.